Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. Can hardly say my words there. And it's episode 498. We've got a returning guest. I thought I would have him back because... um, I thought we could cover some other areas that would be interesting to you listeners and viewers. And we've got Adrian Palmer back from Elegant Marketplace. Would You're you going like to have to say that name again. I don't know. What? Andrew. <laughs> we, got, we got Andrew and Adrian, and I feel like this is going to be a tough call. <laughs> it probably is. So would you, like, would you like to properly introduce yourself? I'm Andrew Palmer. Thank you, Jonathan. And... Um, or should I say Dave? Uh, we are <laughs> Elegant Marketplace. Is, I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> Elegant Marketplace is a, is a WordPress and theme plugin marketplace um, established about five years ago. And I happen to run it. So that's it. That's, uh, that's who I am. And I've got my great co-host, Adrian. Adrian, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We help small businesses simplify, automate, and consolidate their sales and marketing. And I just want to say over the past couple of months, our listener um, numbers have increased quite substantially. So welcome to the tribe, you new people that are watching and listening to us. Give us some feedback and hopefully you're enjoying the ride. So, um, Andrew, I thought I would have you back because... um, I wanted to talk about a couple of things that we run out of time when we last had a chat. And, you know, basically one of those was, you know, recently you sold your business that you've been running for a number of years. And I just want, wondered if we could discuss how hard it was to actually sell a WordPress business and how long it took. So how long have you been running Elegant Marketplace and when did you decide that it was time for you to sell it? Uh, February the 15th, 2015 was when it was established. And February 15th, 2015 was when we decided to sell it within five years. And we sold it on December the 31st, 2019. So I I broke my promise. I was about three months early, January, February, two months early. So no, when I, when I, start a business whether it's with partners or founders or whatever it is always in the back of my mind or even in the forefront of my mind is that business going to be a saleable um business and over what period of time will i be able to sell this business and it's generally with brick and mortar business it's generally within five years you want to sell your business unless you're going to be if you know we're talking small businesses elegant marketplace is still a small business it's not a massive conglomerate turning over billions uh and restaurants that i've had i've had three restaurants and i've always sold them within five years of establishing one of them i sold within uh nine months wow because we just made it grow and then I wanted to do something else. And somebody said, I'll buy the restaurant. I said, okay, here it is. You know? Is the restaurant still around? Yeah, and I've, I'm still involved in it. I mean, I do. If you if you go to pizzadellamama.co.uk, you'll, the, the video voiceover and the video description of when somebody is making the pizza, that's me. So, you know, it's, uh, which I did last week because it's a COVID-related video to tell people how we are 
dealing with COVID and deliveries and collections and things like that. So, yeah, I did the voiceover. For, well, I did the video. So, yeah, I'm still involved in that one. The one in Spain, that was sold 20 years ago. The one in Devon, that was sold 25 years ago. So there, that one, I think the one in Devon is still going, actually. It's, it's like a fish restaurant. But the one in Spain is uh, now split into two restaurants. So that's how big they were. It was quite a big restaurant. But I'm also, my agency work takes me into restaurant works. So I advise restaurants on, on menus and food and stuff like that. But back onto Elegant Marketplace, how easy was it to sell? Uh, it, it was actually, it was actually far too easy. To was be, it? Because um, yeah, normally was, my, now I've sold um, two businesses um, in my lifetime, and um, they've been almost as painful selling them as, as um, starting <laughs> Well, it did, I mean, I sold a printing business and that was uh, under distress because it was one of the partners died. So we had to sell it as a part of the, it was just probate, yeah. continue, exactly. Um, so if you're selling a business under distress, then that's pressure because you need to get rid of it straight away because you can't, it, it can't be a going concern. You're not selling it actually as a going concern. If you're selling a business because somebody has asked you to, to sell that business to them, no, well, yeah, that, that's... it's a piece of cake, really. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, because they they, they want they, it, they, they want, want it. You know, if they want it, they want it. If they don't want it, they want. Mm-hmm. And they, they, these guys approached me in uh, Serbia. I think it was a couple of years ago. WordCamp. So I'm a WordCamp guy. Go, I like going to these places. And uh, you know, do you want a coffee? Talk about selling elegant markets. Well, that could be a, that could have been an invitation that could have gone a very different way, could it? It's, uh... <laughs> I don't know. It's Eastern. It's it's not Eastern Europe anymore. But yeah, I get where you're going, Jonathan. Bad boy. Um, but the let me just turn my. I've got an indication there. I'm still got my email on. Um, and I said no. And then a year later in Berlin, again I was approached by the same people, and I said, "Yeah, come on, then let's have a chat." Let's. Uh, and they're lovely. I mean, it was a it was a fantastic experience. I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a bit of stress form filling, you know, realizing the depth that you have to go into when you sell a business. That's pretty, especially a lot of passwords to change over. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Which isn't not, it's not yet done. It's not all yet done. The paperwork is like the easy part. Then you have to do with all of the, you have to deal with all of the small logistical stuff. Yeah. 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 And it's, that's still ongoing, Adrian. I mean, you know, it's quite, (laughs) it's quite funny because I'm still running elegant marketplaces. Nothing, nothing. Oh, So if you hadn't got, you know, you said your plan was to sell the business in five years. If you hadn't had this legitimate offer, you know, in in trade offer, as I would, as I would um, encapsulate it as, you know, what was your plan? Was you going to go to? Was you looking at maybe using a business broker, or was you just going to send out a lot of feelers through the WordPress or both? Really difficult to answer on that one because I was probably asked once a month whether or not I'd like to sell the business. It's really so that's a tough one. I don't know. I can't really answer that on Elegant Marketplace. I can, I can muse about it. I can say that I would probably have gone to a flipper type website and just and seen what the value of it was um, and had it valued for other reasons, insurance or anything like that. But it's yeah. the difficulty is it's a vendor marketplace. It was always built as a community marketplace. So to, to help the vendors earn money rather than us. 
to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it grew, so, you know, it grew so much that we actually earned money from it, which was great. You know, it was a real bonus because we had other businesses as well. We thought, well, okay, well, this is actually going to go somewhere. And we realized that after about 18 months where we hadn't taken any money out at all. <coughs> Um, and then we thought, well, do you know what? There's money in the pot. We can start. We can start actually paying ourselves a, a dividend and making, and we can invest back in the business. The deal was was always that sixty percent of the profit was always divided between whoever the founders were left at the time, and forty mm-hmm. percent was always pumped back into the business. So in advertising or in development or hosting and improving, and we set off on a shared hosting platform. You know, and then we went on to our own VPS, and now we're on a massive VPS in motion hosting, who eventually bought us. So we'd never, I never really thought about offering it for sale because we were always being approached for it. You know, you were fortunate in that, that you know, you had you had a choice of buyers. We did. We did actually, uh, and we all, and I said no to every single one of them, including the, the people that did buy it. You know, it was not a. The sale wasn't necessary, you know, like I said, it wasn't a distressed sale. I didn't mm. need to sell it. It was earning enough money for the vendors. It was earning enough money for us. And I had my British agency that I've got anyway, and I page build a cloud and layouts cloud and things like that, you know. So there's all sorts of things which were complementary to each other. Um, so, so it was difficult. But I would have said that I would go, if, if I was going to sell a website, I'd have a look at somewhere like flipper.com, see what things are going for. They tend to overvalue websites in my view Mm. Uh, you really want to go to a proper accountant and say you know how much is this worth is it three times net or is it three times gross or whatever whatever it is and you Um, what a lot of people also i'm sorry to interrupt i just want to see if you agree with this also a lot of people in my experience they don't get their paperwork they don't get their accounts in order you know because um you need a good profit and loss and you need about three, no, some people would say five years, but I think that's pushing it. But I think you need at least three years good account accounting records with proper profit and loss documentation. What do you reckon? Definitely. I mean, they, it, it, was, it was a beautiful process. You know, it was a chat. I filled in a form. They expressed an interest. Letter of intent. Mm-hmm. On letter of intent. Everything got given to them. So five years accounts because we had them and even projections. You know, they asked for projections. They helped us with the projections as well based on whatever. And they're very experienced in the web world. So they know about MMR and whatever it is and annual recurring revenue and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, But I think they were more interested in this instance. They were just more interested in having a marketplace to sell assets that they're going to buy in the future, which is what's happening, as well as, you know, do deals with hosting and other hosting companies and all that kind of stuff, because they own Bold Grid, which is basically a page builder that's out to other hosts as well. You know, it's just self-installed. And they've got 650,000 users on that. They own W3 Total Cash. They just bought Sprout invoices. um, Oh, they they were the people that bought Sprouts as well. Yes, so we now sell that on Elegant Marketplace as well. So, you know, and WeForms is coming soon and, you know, special deals and in, in-plug-in upgrades and all that kind of stuff is coming to Elegant Marketplace. So they're really, they, so they're, your buyers are really putting together the infrastructure that they need for global domination. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I could only take it so far. 
because I play far too much golf. You know, (laughs) you got to think. You know, I'm. I'm. It's my birthday this week. uh, Next. Happy birthday! Thank you. It was my birthday last week. Oh, was it? Happy birthday, Adrian! Yeah, you're you're probably half my age. I'm I'm quite happy to say how old I'm. I'm sixty next Tuesday. So I need to be able to think about. I, I just want to play golf, really. You know, that's, <laughs> that's my, I want to eat and I want to play golf. So there's other thing. You know, I've got other businesses, and they're you know the, the short answer, really, Jonathan and Adrian, is that every business that you build should always be for sale. There might not necessarily be a price tag on there. But it should, you should always talk. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with you there. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Adrian. I was just I was about to say, uh, I went to go see a guy named Dan Martell. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Uh, he's a big, he's a, he's a big uh, kind of coach, business professional in the SaaS industry. And he helps businesses, SaaS businesses specifically, like get ready for investment and exit sure. and all of that stuff. And whenever you're starting a new business, it should always be with like, you know, that the exit at the end of the tunnel in mind and when you're building it. And I'd love to know what specifically kind of the, the, the pillars that you have in place to make sure that are in a business to ensure that the exit, when you eventually get the call that says, hey, I want to buy your business and you're ready to sell that business, that you have all of those things in place. Yeah, the, the, well, the pillars are good accounts. So I've always, I've always um, employed professional accountants. Yeah. So many businesses have a bookkeeper and it's your, your auntie or your mother or your uncle or your yeah. friend down the road or your best mate that's just done a bookkeeping course. Doesn't no. work. No. You, need, you, need, you need an accountant, and you need to pay them, and it's painful, you know, because good accountants are not cheap. My but accountant just asked for more money. <laughs> my, my, my accountant, my accountant just did the same. I mean, but I sold a business. What are you doing? You don't even have to touch that. You said, "Well, you know, it's it's tough times out there." But um, it, and I also just referred three clients to them. But anyway, accountants will charge what they charge, but. That's negligible to what they save you in running business expenses, claiming this, claiming that, VAT, taxes, taxes. <laughs> taxes. It's not all about taxes. It's it, you know you, what you've got to do is make sure that you pay the right amount of tax. It's not about avoiding tax because if you pay the right amount of tax on your earnings, you know that you're safe from any kind of investigation, and the tax man will investigate you in a heartbeat. And what you have to remember is that they have an unlimited budget. (laughs) And even if they're coming after you for 50 bucks, they'll spend $5 million getting you because just don't do it. You know, so you always make sure your books are dead straight, your tax payments are up to date. And we've got a very strict taxation system in the UK, you know, and it's... uh, I don't. They're charming people. They're such charming people to do. Yeah, whatever. Well, because they've never, they've never run a business. You know, that's the key. They don't. They say, "Oh, what you telling me? You haven't saved up for your corporation tax?" Well, no. You know, we're running a business here. (laughs) Have you ever heard of cash flow and stuff like that? So, you know, it's stuff I do save up, but it's just it's that kind of a question that they ask you. But they, it's because uh, a tax inspector generally has never had their own business, so they don't understand the the stresses and the strains. And that's why you need an accountant because every hundred pounds you earn or hundred dollars you earn in the UK, if you're over a certain level, you've got to put forty bucks away for tax and then you have a thing called national insurance which is 
basically six to eleven percent of your of your salaries that you're paying out to people. And you've got all your infrastructure. So you have to make sure that you're running the business. No good earning $100 and spending $100. And I know these people, this sounds stupid, but I really know people that do that. Well, I don't, I actually, I I actually don't know how a small business that's brick and mortar actually runs in the UK now with VAT, which is 20%, I think now, isn't it? And plus, yeah, but it doesn't matter because if, well, if you buy the ones that have difficulty, is our restaurants because. There's no VAT when they buy the food because it's raw. So VAT is exactly as it says. It's value-added tax. So as soon as you do something, so a a piece of paper, when I buy that piece of paper, no VAT, right? If I have printed on on the top notes... That means it's a notepad. Therefore, I can add to it by writing on it. <laughs> so there's VAT on that notepad, on that printing, on that printed notepad. It's crazy. Uh, so there's all sorts of different things. Folders, you know, so that you yeah. keep stuff in. VAT, because you can add to them. So it's value-added tax. It's really yeah. quite a simple yeah. process. But, but, but restra- restaurants then have to charge VAT to their customers on food. If it's hot food, to take out food and even in inside... So they are the unpaid tax collectors for the government because they're not paying any VATs, VATs they, got, they can't claim anything back, but that 20% of their turnover, so if they're doing 100 grand a month, 20 grand of that, straight to the government. Yeah, that's the thing. So, so also, you know, you're still running um, the marketplace business. So what was that? Was that so how long have you had to sign up if you're prepared to um, say that you know did, did you have to be flexible or was that part of the agreement how long you were going to stay on and uh i haven't there's no end date right they'll get sick of me one day but there's there's no reason for me not to so, so what happens is is that when you come into a business or when somebody buys you a business, they don't know anything about the business really. They can have a good overview of it, but they don't know the vendors, they don't know the customers, they you know, they don't know the support systems and all that kind of stuff. So there's a transition period. And, and during that transition period, stuff is taken off your hands. And then, so for instance, now the technical stuff of the site, nothing to do with me at all. Support will probably i'll stop doing support or answering support tickets probably in october that's the aim and um other stuff that we're doing i just so your role diminishes in the nicest possible way just gradually diminishes Mm -hmm. and then on a certain date that you've agreed to it's see ya or actually would you like to stay and we'll carry on and we'll do this and we'll do this and you can do this and whatever it, it may be so there is no finite, there is a date, but it's not something that I'm prepared to, to announce, but it's certainly, it's, it's a flexible date if I'm happy to carry on. That's the key. Mm. And this, that's why, this is why yeah. it's so lovely being bought by these people. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm not going to ask you how much you got because that's your business, but, um, so, but was, it, was it a cash purchase? It wasn't a combination of cash and shares. It was... No, it was, it was uh, all cash. All right. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like you, um, you know, you also get a lot of people um, that's financed by the business owner, and I think that's a terrible idea. Unless, unless the person that buying the business 
is going to put a substantial deposit that's non-returnable. Can you give, what do you, uh, in the end, would you have looked at that or do you think that's such a, a fawn of nettles that you would avoid it like the plague? Well, you can do... You can do one of two things, or three, you know, you can do a number of things. So here's an amount of cash, and that's it, and see ya. Um, which I've done on a, a, a deal soon to be soon to happen on a couple of things that I've got, uh, and that will be all cash and see ya. Uh, this one was um, an initial payment, then a secondary payment within six months, and then a, th- a third and final payment within eighteen months. I've got no problem discussing that deal that's not that confidential but and guess guess who structured that deal you me yeah me wasn't the wasn't the company that buy me i said this is what i want to do and this is how we're going to do it and uh, you could do that um i just wanted to say this isn't often discussed in the word press because i thought this would be a good discussion you might have done that uh, i guess maybe for tax reasons because there can be some tax reasons yeah, for that because you they? don't want everything arriving at the same time because you want you want it in different tax years so maybe i've had a great year this last year and a large amount of money arriving would then increase my tax mm. situation so what you've done is you've stage paid it basically so that's that and i've got no issue uh, discussing that it's stage payments and it was it was decided by me what those amounts would be and when they would arrive um, to help me in my... And you're still involved. I, I think what the arrangement that I initially outlined, one of the problems is I think taking stage payments or um, the business owner financed, um, as long as you're actively to some degree involved with the business, I think when it falls down, unless like they're going to give you like a 40% deposit is when yeah. you're not involved and they can run the business down. Yeah, and then you, exactly. you're left with a mess, basically, aren't you? Yeah, well, this isn't one of those. This is not a um, a stage payment on performance situation um, because that's not the way I sell businesses because the business was performing well anyway, so there's no point. So if it, if it performs even better, that's great. You know, that's you've bought it on the basis of this. And if it performs better, brilliant. you got a bargain. But if if it doesn't, then that makes no difference to the the final payments because that that's the price i believe the reason it's staged is because i wanted it to be staged so um and as i say the two businesses that i'm selling very soon that that will be a one payment and that's it see ya we're gonna go for our break we're coming back i'm gonna be discussing the world of divi a little bit about alimator how um Andrew sees the kind of world of page builders going in the next year. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. 
We're coming back. We've had an interesting discussion. I could see um, Adrian was listening quite intently about <laughs> our, our discussion, which he should be. If anybody is trying to build something in the WordPress world, you should always at the beginning think about the end. Um, but just to kind of finish off our discussion in the first part, first half of the show, is that I also feel um, if if you if you run out of ideas about how to grow the business, there's only one alternative: the business will start to decline. So when yeah. I think you run out of ideas, that's the time where you probably you should consider about selling it. I, I, to- I totally agree with you because, and again, let's use the restaurant analogy. When you run out of menu ideas, when you've fed up a foraging for your mushrooms and stuff like that, you just want to say, do you know what? It's time for another, another chef to come and they may be able to regain that Michelin star. Uh, and it's the same with any business because if the business owner is getting tired or fed up or bored or staff have left and you can't, your staff retention is, is suffering, maybe it's time to think about what you want to do with your life. Because I live, I've always worked to live, right? I've never lived to work. I've, I've worked hard. There's no doubt about it. You can see the ravages, you know, but I have worked hard. But you, it's look, just... you, look, you look reasonably uh, relaxed. <laughs> you look reasonably I'm, relaxed. I'm pretty good. But I've had a, you know, I've had a very adventurous um, working history. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I've done a good few things. But, You've always got to just make sure that you retain your interest in the business. As soon as you get bored with it, it's time to go because that that business will will because because most people don't realise to keep something static is practically impossible. Either it's going forward or or it's going to go backwards. The, the, the idea that you can keep it static and stable is slightly delusionary, isn't it? I feel, what do you think? I think so. I think you've always got to think about growth. <clears throat> Even if you're growing one customer a month or one customer a year or 10 customers a month, you know, you got to, you can't think... I, I think a lot of companies want to grow too quickly as well, and that has yeah. its own issues. Yeah, that, that's got its own issues, hasn't it? You've got some cash flow issues and all that kind of stuff. You've got to finance it, and then all of a sudden you find out you, one of your support guys goes off ill, you know, if we're talking about our, our area now. Um, so you've got, to, you've got to watch how quickly you grow. Um, so it's a planned approach. And this is what I think about businesses and all these lovely little businesses that are, that are coming up. <clears throat> and people think, right, I'm starting a business. And it's going to be a web design business. And uh, oh, I haven't got any contracts. Uh, I haven't got any way to get the content. And I haven't got, uh, I don't want to pay a subscription to Photoshop. And I don't, what, how do I do that? So they're all in the Facebook group saying, I want to do everything on the cheap. And if you start off with no investment financially in your business, there's no incentive to succeed. There is no incentive to succeed. You're a very wise man, Adrian. You know, there is no incentive to succeed. So, you know, you know, put your hand in your pocket, invest in your business, invest some time, invest a, uh, a, a good enough amount of money, go and see a, an accountant and a, an attorney and a lawyer or whatever. Make sure that you start with a good grounding. It's and actually... Go, it's actually post. <coughs> I, I right before coming on this call, I got a question into my support channel, and it was a pre-sales question that says, "You know, all of your plans are too expensive. I don't want to pay this much, and uh, I'm not it, basically all that says is that I'm not willing to invest in like the least expensive marketing automation solution currently available." 
And it's like, how can you expect to, to, to move the needle on anything without any kind of investment? Because when you invest in something, it's basically just lighting a fire under your ass and, you know, let's get the exactly. ball rolling. <laughs> it, it is because you, you've spent that money. Now you've got to do something with it. Exactly, but, right? You know, you spent that money. It's like, shit, well, if I don't make money, you know, I'm not going to eat tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been there, believe it or not. I literally have been there. I've, there's a photograph of me with holes in my shoes because, and, the, and the hole in my shoe is there and there's cardboard there and a friend of mine took it in a garden. It was hacking down with rain. I was smoking a cigarette, looking totally depressed and he took it because he saw my foot up, you know, cross legs and everything, the hole in my shoe and you could see the cardboard in my shoe to stop the water coming through the bottom of my shoe. So I have been there. So when was this? How long ago was this? This was, uh, I can remember, it was probably about 22 years ago. So that would be like, what, 96, 97? Yeah, 96, 97, yeah. yeah. Well, 98, no, it was 98, uh, because I went through uh, two recessions, So, and I was in printing. Man, it hit us hard. I mean, you know, and the 98, so there's 88 recession, 98 recession, and 2008. So I've actually been through three recessions and um, survived most of them. But one of them, I, I, I didn't go broke. I was just broke. <laughs> so I just had no money, no income, pretty much nowhere to live and holes in my shoes. So, you know, you can, so I know the and other here we side. are, a million businesses later. <laughs> a few businesses later, none, none of which have ever gone bust, which is pretty cool. Wow. So, you know, you've you established your kind of niche in the Divi world. You know, we've had some um, interesting um, developments in the page building sector recently you know Alameda has reached over six million active users that's the free and and obviously the pro version mm. you know um they've they've had a substantial amount of uh, vc money invested uh, in the business which they announced a couple months ago as well um with the juggernaut of Alameda and then um, Matt Marek, you know, had an interview at the Spanish Word Camp about a week ago where he was extremely, I, I'm probably people would disagree what I'm about to say, but he seemed very dismissive of the page builders. Basically, his his position was that as Gutenberg matured, the oxygen that allowed page builders to exist would be removed. And unless they adopted the Gutenberg way, they would disappear. How do you see things, Andrew? I think he's right. Oh, you think he's right, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're not going to be... Page builders won't be... And it won't. It's not going to happen overnight, Jonathan and Adrian. It, but I think he's right. I had a long chat. I, I had a long chat with him. 15, I had 15 minutes with him in the what? in the US when I was just... Or was it Berlin? No, it's Berlin. Uh, when I just developed Page Builder Cloud with Sean and uh, told him what we were doing with it and it, the fact that it it's, it uh, stores Gutenberg layouts as mm. well. And also, there, Sean is working on a translator from any page builder yeah. to, to Gutenberg. And when I said, 
you know, we're working on this translator to go from any page builders to straight into Gutenberg. His eyes lit up and went, oh, really did. <laughs> I like that, you know, but it's not, I don't think he's got anything against page builders per se, but because some of them are very code heavy, you know, Divi is, is when I first started using Divi, it was 1.8 megabyte file installation file. It's now an 8.9 megabyte installation yeah. file. So we can kind of see how it's increased. And, the, and the, I mean, the, the CSS in it is just phenomenally massive. And that's why they've got built in inline CSS caching and stuff into Divi. They've now announced recently in the last couple of days that they're doing specialist Divi hosting with Pressable, who are part of Automatic. They're doing it with uh, SiteGround. Um, and the prices aren't any different, and it's managed hosting, and they're also doing it with Flywheel. So they're, they're saying you've got to have... They're, what they're basically saying is you've got to have specialist Divi hosting. Yeah. And here's our partners, and it was connected to your API, and you won't get a special deal, but at least you'll, these people are um, uh, embedded in Divi. What I think, and I'm no seer, but what I think Divi Elementor, maybe not Beaver Builder, because that's more of a development tool. I've always seen Beaver Builder as a developer's page builder rather than Divi and Elementor. Elementor is a DIY or an and Divi, I think, is a DIYer as well. And the developer community is quite noisy in Divi, but it's very, very small. Uh, and I was part of that, so I know it's very small. But the we, we're going to see intelligent website building with these page builders, which will be the Wix model. You know, Wix mm. are bringing out extra. You know, extra is already there. It's, de it's developer-friendly. I think within 24 months, we'll see a, a Divi that will be a cloud-based Divi. Brizy are already doing it, or Breezy are already doing Breezy, a cloud-based yeah. cloud page yeah. builder uh, with, with sections that you'll pull and, and draw. And I put a joke in the Divi theme users group the other day saying, you know, everybody just wants the sections to drag in. And, oh, by the way, they want the SEO built in and guaranteed number one on Google because that's what people want from page builders. They want everything. Give me everything. So you've got to think, because of Gutenberg, the page builders will actually become their own proprietary system. I think that's if, the if, if, they, if they're going to survive, yes, yes. Well, it's not a question of surviving. I mean, you know, Nick Roach is one. Well, of no, the don't, don't, most, yeah, that, was, that, that was the wrong term, wasn't it? He's one of the most intelligent yeah. people I've ever had the pleasure to meet and have and spend time with, and he's invested in other businesses i won't show you but they're 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 the models that i've just said and he's a very clever man and um very dedicated to his community as well and he and, and as are uh yoni and ben and all the people and hatan from from elementor they are dedicated to their community but they're in it for the money let's not get let's not yeah. let's, Let's just jump over that that hurdle. They're in it for the money. They wouldn't they wouldn't be in business, and they're making millions. These guys, and they are they've got access to millions and millions of dollars. Well, that, that's some, I think it was around seventeen million VC investment, wasn't it? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They were they were pretty much well off anyway. And Nick and Nick does well. You know, I think he's still the sole one hundred percent owner of Elegant Themes, and he's thirty two years old or something. Wow. How well has he done? From that perspective, he's built a fantastic team around him. So they, with React and um, Gatsby, JS, and all that kind of, all the headless stuff that's coming out and the, the Shopify's of this world that are just gone vertical 
this past few weeks because of COVID and all, all that kind of stuff. I have no doubt, and I don't have any secret information or anything, but if, they, if they're not looking at going the Shopify, the Wix, the Squarespace route, uh, they're missing a trick. Yeah. That's, that's well, certainly the way I'm looking at it anyway. Yeah, um, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Hopefully, um, Andrew can stay on for 10 minutes for some bonus discussion. Um, but we'll wrap up the podcast part of the show. Andrew, what's the best way people can find out uh, about yourself and what you're up to at the present moment? Well, you can go on LinkedIn and just search Andrew Palmer. You'll find me. My ugly mug's there on a picture. Uh, and uh, at Arnie Palmer is uh, on Twitter. And it's not because of the golf, but it is because of the golf, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Um, Adrian, how can people find out what you're up to and um, the best way to contact you in that? Uh, you can go to groundhog2gs.io where you can pick up a copy of our free plugin and we're going to help you uh, automate your sales and marketing. Right. And um, I want to announce we, uh, me and Spencer Forum, we're doing a webinar on Tuesday, the 2nd of June at 9am Pacific Standard Time. It's going to be totally free, and it's going to be about how to utilise Elevator, uh, WooCommerce, and his own product to build fantastic funnels. Um, we're going to spend an hour showing you how to build funnels that beat the best of the best, um, all you have to do is go to the WordPress, um, the WP Tonic website, go to the top navigation and it'll be free webinar in the top navigation. Fill in a quick form and you will be able to ask us any questions about building modern day funnels. We're probably even going to be talking about Groundhog as well in in the app in the webinar but we, we will be covering a lot of content and like i say you will be um if you join us live you'll be able to ask us questions especially to spencer about how to build fantastic funnels like i say that be on tuesday um the 2nd of june at 9 a.m pacific standard time we love you to join us we'll be back next week with a great guest a great discussion. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.